Welcome to the Crossroads Church Sermon Podcast. The following message is meant to help intersect your road with God's road. Crossroads Church gathers to discover God, grow in Him, and reach out to others. For more information, visit crossroadsstjames.life. So when I was a kid, uh, I attended a church that still had Sunday night services. How many of you remember back in the day, for those that grew up in church, Sunday night services were like a thing. Now they've gone the way of the dodo bird now, and they're, 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 not, they're, they're rare out there. But when I was a kid, we would, we would have Sunday night service, and a majority of those services, first of all, were sharply down in attendance. Um, you, you know, I went to a church that had three services in the morning and probably like a thousand people uh, through the course of the three services. But then when Sunday night came, I mean, maybe 200 people were there on a Sunday night service. Now, looking at our own church, 200, man, that's pretty good, Pastor Dave. Yeah, I know, I get that. But, uh, but there was a sharp uh, drop when it came to those Sunday night services. And quote, unquote, sadly, it those services were usually the ones that were reserved for the missionaries. Missionaries didn't get to come and speak on Sunday mornings during those times. They came on Sunday nights and, you know, half the families half awake from, you know, stuffing their face and watching football or whatever. And then, you know, doing whatever it was that they were doing. And, uh, they, you'd hear from a missionary and that kind of stuff. And, and looking back on it, I won't lie to you. Sometimes i I'm very disappointed in myself. And if I could go back and just kind of smack myself upside the head as I was falling asleep in those pews and, oh, yeah, listen to this missionary. Who gives a rip? We should give a rip. <laughs> um, it is so important. And what, we're, what I want us to look at today uh, has to do with a scripture that I always, not always, but, but a majority of the time I would hear from these missionaries. Uh, so many of them would bring up uh, this particular scripture or the one that Alina had shared in Romans 10, which we actually had shared a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, how, how can they, they hear if we don't preach? But then the other scripture was, was this one. And it actually lines up with where we're at in our journey through the Bible. Uh, if you guys remember last week, we talked about uh, King Ahaz in Judah and uh, uh, King uh, Pekah of Israel, Rezin of Syria, and technically Satan were coming against the kingdom of Judah and wanted to get rid of Ahaz and replace him with a Gentile, with a foreigner, if you will. That's, that's, what, that's what they wanted to do. And we had the prophecy from from Isaiah to Ahaz in Isaiah chapter 7, which he said, listen, this isn't going to happen. You guys, this isn't, this isn't going to be successful. Pika, Rezin, you guys aren't going to be successful. Most importantly, Satan, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to squash the promise that I gave to David, that he, someone from his line will reign forever. And then, of course, we had Isaiah chapter 7, verse, four, verse 14, which is the ever popular, and the virgin shall be with child and give forth a son and she shall call his name uh, Emmanuel. And that was a sign to Ahaz at that time. That was a sign for everybody in the future that Jesus was going to come and he would reign forever. And that was going to squash the plans at that time when God gave the prophecy to Ahaz through Isaiah. And at that time said, hey, listen, this isn't going to work. And then about 730 years later, it's not going to work again as Satan would try to come against the kingdom of God. It wasn't going to happen. Now, <clears throat> though the... Uh, 
that story is at the beginning of Isaiah's writing, Isaiah chapter 7, and there's over 50 chapters in Isaiah. Um, Isaiah had already been prophesying in the prophetic ministry for like 15, 16 years by the time that that story had come about in chapter 6. And what I want to look at today is Isaiah's calling uh, by God. So if you have your Bibles, really quick, if you would open them to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We'll stick here for the day. We won't bounce back and forth like we have in the past. Isaiah chapter 6. Now, before we read this, I want to encourage you as we hear this. Some of you who have grown up in church have heard this before. You've, you've read this story before. Now, I'm not into the visualization. You know, I don't want you to sit here and hum and, you know, touch your fingers and cross your legs and stuff. Some of you can't even cross your legs. But anyways, you know, it's, you know that's, that's not what I'm asking you to do. But, but as we read this, pick Picture it. Picture what Isaiah is showing to us. In fact, friends, whenever you're reading the Word of God, when you get these, what are they called, word pictures, I guess you could say, if you really want to get deep into the Word of God, take a moment of your time when you read a passage like this and picture that. Imagine what it actually looks like, especially when, well, if you want to with the book of Revelation, if you ever read that, wow, let's, let's see what it would be to like to, for the Lord to absolutely destroy the earth. Oh yes, that's beautiful. No, not, not that. But, but for this particular passage, this is definitely something that you really want to just picture in your mind. So look at it with me. Verse one of chapter six, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke." What a powerful, majestic scene. Amen? He's sitting there, and he just gets this vision. I don't know if he felt like he was truly there or not, but, but you, you can just imagine, you know, God sitting up high. I'm sure it's bright. I'm sure it's I, I, white, I guess. I don't know, but it's, it's definitely very pure. And, and you've got these seraphim that are there, and, and it's, it's this powerful, this, just this powerful image of God and his presence. And Isaiah gets to see this, the smoke that's there. You know, we talked on Wednesday, you know, the cloud and the, the, the presence of God, how often he would show up, especially in the daytime with the children of Exodus. You know, the, the idea of the smoke and the cloud there and just the presence of God. And just imagine being able to be there and just seeing this thing and, and, and picturing this. And, and understanding the awe of Isaiah as Isaiah stands there. And he's just like, oh my goodness, I am surrounded by such power, by such majesty, by such awesomeness. The majesty that is shown there, because within the midst of this all, Isaiah realizes something very, very important. Look at verse 5. And I said... Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Listen, friends, it never hurts us to humble ourselves and realize our place before God. I, I mean, God is, God's up there, and his 
idea of perfection, his idea of purity, I'm telling you right now, we can't even scrape it to to truly understand where it's at. For God to be as high as, it, it would be like, say you're in like the, the, the cleanest of rooms, it's all white, it's all beautiful. You know, for those of you that are like into the Chip and Joanna Gaines kind of design, you know, and the, the, the Magnolia stuff, it's all white, right? And and oh my goodness, we, we remember the, the, for those of you that have been here long enough, the, the Lurkies, Addie and Jacob, they have a thing called Design District. Addie kind of followed that design thing and they would have these, it was, it was all white, very clean, very pristine, and then they started having kids and Stevie and I said, oh, wow, that's going to be interesting to see how that design stays. But they've done it. I mean, they've shown pictures. They've done a very good job. We we should probably get in contact with them. How do you do that with two boys, nevertheless, and keep everything white and clean? Anyways, but in in a room like that, in a room that's clean, pure, and, and white, and spotless, and amazing, and you, me, we're spaghetti. We're motor oil. We're, for you farmers out there, we're manure. I mean, that's what, we're in this, and here we are, a lump of nasty, sitting in the midst of this purity, sitting in the midst of this this amazing majesty, and we're just, here we are. We do not belong there. Isaiah did not belong there, and he recognized it, and he realized it. I am lost, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm surrounded by a people of unclean lips. And praise be to God for his grace and his mercy, that infinite grace and mercy that cleanses us. Look at verse 6 with me. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. All of a sudden, Isaiah, by the grace of God, is now just clean pasta without the spaghetti sauce. <laughs> I've never heard of white oil, but he's white oil. <laughs> white mud, if you will. He's, he's For those of you that have seen Tommy Boy, he's rich now. Anyways, um, but he is, he's been cleansed. For Isaiah, the cleansing came from the heat of the coal on his lips. A lot of us know that to purify things, sometimes you have to heat it up, and it, it, it cleanses of all the purity, of all the impurities, you know, gold and those kinds of things. When you heat it up and you, you cook it really good and you, you, you get all that garbage out of there, you know, water even. You know, you, you, you boil water, and it, it makes it clean, it makes it pure. Now, for Isaiah, it was that. It was the coal on his lips. Friends, for us, it is a initially by the blood of Jesus Christ that we are cleansed, that we are made holy, that the spaghetti sauce leaves, that the oil leaves, that the manure leaves. That, that's the initial way for us to be cleansed. The word tells us in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And with Jesus' perfect blood, we are made pure, we are made holy, we are made righteous, we are able to stand in the clean white room and not feel so out of place. As we continue to live, we are continually washed by Christ, as Ephesians 5.26 tells us, that he continues to wash us with the water of the word. 
So you have your initial salvation experience, Lord, washing you with, with, the, with the blood of Christ and, and you're becoming pure and you're becoming holy. And then as you continue to live, as you continue to open up that Bible, as you continue to read, as you continue to hear it preached, as you continue to hear it from uh, Sunday school teachers, whatever it may be, as it continues to flow in you, you're continually being cleansed. The importance, one, of your initial salvation of Christ washing you with, with his blood. And then number two, the continuation of your salvation experience as you continue to read the word and continue to be washed. So we have this cleansing power. We're made clean as we stand in the middle of that white room, as, as Isaiah stands in the middle of that throne room and the seraphim and the smoke and everything is there. And now he's clean and, and he looks at this and he, he sees this awesome, majestic sight. Now, most of you know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, especially of, of football. I like football, love football. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful sport, lots of fun. Um, but I like sports in general. And in February, we got the Olympics coming up. I've always liked Olympic sports because you don't know those folks as much and you don't watch those sports as much and stuff. But, but I'm always taken back by the skills, the ability, the strength, the talent, just watching these people do what they do, male or female, it just, it amazes me to see what they can do. I've always heard that if you were like a Harlem Globetrotter fan, how many of you ever heard of those guys? You know, they do all the cool basketball tricks and they're kind of goofy about it. They're pulling people's pants down and then making a shot and doing all sorts of goofy stuff. I've heard if you want to see that on a regular basis to get to like the shoot arounds and the warmups of NBA players, because they'll do the exact same thing while they're warming up. They'll be doing like half court shots and nothing's like it's nothing and you know doing these crazy passes and doing all these other things and the skill is just amazing I mean as as you watch these sports I mean some of you don't watch it and that's fine you're missing out but anyways um it's it's amazing to see some of this the feats of strength the speed of some of these people the agility of some of these people the ability to throw uh, you know one to throw a ball like 100 110 miles per hour the ability for a person to as that ball is coming hit it with a stick that's just a little bit bigger than the ball that's coming at him 90 100 miles per hour i mean it's 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 amazing to see that i remember uh back in the day um it was, you guys remember the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing in the mid-90s, which they were bopping home runs and with the aid of steroids. Anyways, we won't talk about that, but they were doing that kind of stuff, and they, they got Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, two of the most powerful hitters in baseball at the time, together with, and I can't remember her name now, but there's, there's a blonde-headed girl that, that played professional softball. I'm pretty sure she's born again, but she was this phenomenal U.S. softball player, and she just, she was great, and I can't remember her name. Britta's downstairs. She probably wouldn't know her name, but anyways, um, they, they took these two amazing baseball guys, and they have, Jenny, I think is her first name. They take this Jenny girl, and they have her pitch them a softball pitch and they get to try to, to cream that softball out of the park. Okay. We love watching you guys hit home runs. Now let's try it with a softball. And so I think they gave them like 10 or 15 pitches. They got to warm up and get ready for it. Guys, I'm not kidding you. Those guys could barely get the ball out of the infield if they even hit it. 
They said it was just so different. The ball's bigger. It comes at a different angle. It's so weird. But to see that kind of athleticism and to see this, this softball pitch all of a sudden makes these you know, mighty men look mortal. And it's, it's just amazing to see that when it comes to athletics. Just the, the awesome abilities, the awesome strength, and all those things. Now, if you were to sit down... With, with each coach for each of these professional sports and say, you know, what do you think is the most important ability to have for that player's position? You know, is, is it strength? Do they need speed? Do they need, you know, do they need awareness? Do they need good eyesight? What, what is probably the best ability for each of these guys or girls? What, what, what do they need? And I'm telling you right now, 99.9% of those coaches are going to give you this goofy cliche answer. The best, uh, the best ability is availability. The best ability is availability. Because guess what? You can be the top, the, the, the best in your sport, the best at anything you can do. But if you're constantly tweaking like a hamstring pull or a, a, a sprained ankle or a, a messed up rotator cuff or concussions or whatever it is, if you're constantly injured, you're not available to the team. You can't play. You're like lightning in a bottle, but you're on a shelf, and we can't take the top off because you're constantly hurt. We need you to be available. We need you to be there to be able to play, to be able to give us the abilities that you do have, that, that, that physical strength, that speed, that stamina, whatever it is. We need you to be available, and if you're not available, you're just lightning in a bottle sitting on a shelf because we can't pop the top because, by golly, you're... You're, you're unavailable. You can't, you can't do it. So going back to our story with Isaiah, Isaiah was cleansed, and after that, he makes himself available to God. Look at verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Friends, the best and really only available, uh, or the best and really only ability we have for God is availability. Is availability. That's all you got. You got time. That's, that's it. Because everything else that you have, guess who gives it to you? God. God's the one that gives you the rest of it. You just need to say, I'm available. I'm here for you, Lord. That's the one ability that I know I've got. I've got time. And if you don't have time, you better make yourself some time. Say, Lord, I am available because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How dare I say, and I don't have time for you, when he's definitely made time for you. (laughs) Lots of time for you. Our best ability is availability. And then we allow the Lord to move in us. And then he gives us, and then he gives us those other abilities and the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. Here are these things. Here's love. Here's joy. Here's peace. Here's prophecy. Here's tongues. Here's uh, interpretation of tongues. Here's laying on the hands of the sick and healing them. Interpretation, those kinds of things. All of these different things I have for you. I just need you, God speaking, of course. I just need you to be available. Your best ability, friends, to God is availability. Every single one of those missionaries that are sitting on that wall back there, and there's some that aren't because they're not with the assemblies of God, but every single one of those people up there made themselves available to God. And there's a handful of them on that wall, the, uh, the Reeds, the Osbournes, the Kramers, 
Soon the Roy Acres, we picked them up. We we decided to do that about a month ago. They'll they'll have a picture up there whenever the AG decides to send that picture. But anyways, they all decided to do it a little bit later, right? They, 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 that was their testimony. Hey, he was in business. She was in fitness and other things, Spanish that she wasn't using, that kind of stuff. You can use it a lot here today if you'd like to. We're, we're actually a quarter Hispanic here. Anyways, but there's, there's, all, there, there's those folks that, that, you know, they may have grown up in the church, but they weren't going to Bible college. They weren't like, oh, I feel called to do this at the age of 10, and now I'm going to be a missionary to here, here, and here. But instead it was, listen, I'm doing this right now, and then I just feel the Lord calling me. Who will go for me? And they answered that call and said, here I am, send me. Each of you have that same thing that God is saying to you. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to have to go overseas. Maybe you will, though. If you make yourself available, you never know. And for some of us, sadly, we allow that fear to keep us from telling God, yeah, I'm available. I don't want to go overseas. I don't want to do this. Friends, we cannot allow fear. We cannot allow selfishness. We cannot allow comfort to keep us from making ourselves available to God. Whatever it may be, friends, I want to encourage you to let that go and say, God, I'm available for you. I, I don't know what you might want to do with me. Maybe some of you sitting here, you, you've had this call. You know, every, every first Sunday of the month, you all know this, is, is Mission Sunday. And we always play the videos and we're like, hey, here, check this out. Look at what these missionaries are doing. Maybe some of you, it's going beyond giving to missions. Maybe it's like, maybe I need to go, literally, physically. And maybe it's not overseas. Maybe it's right here in St. James. Maybe the Lord is constantly, hey, you need to talk to that person at work. Hey, you need to talk to that person at school. Hey, you, you really need to start changing your life and living this way. You've made yourself available. Now I want you to do it like this. I want you to follow this. Our best ability, friends, is availability. Make sure you can pop the top off of there. Don't be lightning in a jar that's just sitting on a shelf. Pop the top and allow God to use you. Amen? Praise God. All right. Uh, if someone could go downstairs and tell Britta to stop talking and come up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, have all the kiddos come up with her. Zach, if you could do that, that'd be great. Roy Akers, if you guys could come on up here. We're going to pray over these guys, and then we're going to take an offering for them. Now, you guys can interrupt me at any point if you want to while I'm explaining this. That's perfectly fine because I do not know it all, though they may think I do. Um, so we, we support them monthly. Um, we, we've just brought them on last month. We, we're, we support these guys monthly. Now, the monthly support is for their kind of daily living needs. While they're in Estonia, they're able to buy groceries. They're able to put gas in the car. They're able to, uh, I don't know, rent a movie, whatever it might be. They're, they're, they're normal daily needs. You two, yeah, come on up here. Um, their normal daily needs is what's covered in the monthly support that we give these missionaries. When we take an offering, when a missionary comes, it goes towards what is called a cash budget. Now, this is where you can jump in if you want to. Um, the cash budget is for like big ticket items. Am I right on that? It's like their passports, airline tickets, trying to 
get your stuff to a foreign country, which is not cheap. And hopefully it doesn't sit in the middle of the ocean while you're waiting for it. But anyways, we don't have to go there. That's too political. But um, those kinds of things, that's what the offerings go to uh, when, when we collect an offering at the end of service with missionaries. So uh, when you give on a regular basis, we put that towards the monthly support of each of our missionaries. But then when we have these special offerings for when the missionaries come, it goes towards that cash budget to get those those big needs, those those bigger ones uh, that that they that they're going to need later on. Even if uh, like emergencies, right? If something happens here in Estonia, I have to get back to the U.S. for some reason, or maybe Ethiopia or Nigeria. I don't know if you have to ever go back there, but those kinds of things. So that's where that money goes. Sometimes I like to explain that. I don't always do that. Maybe once or twice a year I like to do that, but that's what the offering goes to. So we got a plate here. We're going to pray over these guys. Pray that the Lord will bless them, that the Lord will continue to raise their support. How close are you guys on the monthly? 90%. 90%. Awesome. Praise God. So, yeah, the getting out of here in January is probably a pretty, a pretty good idea, or probably going to happen. That's, that's good. That's awesome. And then I don't know about your cash budget where you're at there, but hopefully this will help it. And, uh, but they're, they're hoping to go at the beginning of the year, go to Estonia, and uh, I'm MJ... Greatness, Atuk, Ayuk, no, no, Nikoi, it's Atuk Nikoi, I thought I could do it, I'm so sorry Nikoi, I'm so sorry, oh my goodness, I I tried, all right, so anyways, we're going to pray over these guys, Ray, uh, Pat, Harold, if you guys could come up here, uh, Steve, I mean, if you have the ability to come on down and pray with these guys, we're going to lift these guys up. We're going to pray uh, that the rest of the support does come in, that they're able to get out of here uh, in January. I, I always like to say that. We don't want you guys here for too long. We want you out of here as soon as the Lord will let you out of here. Uh, but we're going to lift these guys up, and then after that, we'll pass around the plate, and you can give to them. Make the checks out to Crossroads Church, and then we'll give them one big check uh, at the end. And hopefully it'll be one big check. All right, here we go. Let's go after the Lord. Father, I thank you for Patrick, for Alina, for the kids, Lord God, uh, for Nico, for uh, for uh, Atuk, right? Okay, Atuk for uh, for oh my goodness, for greatness and for. MJ, MJ, I am so sorry again. But Lord, I thank you, God, for their hearts, Lord. I thank you for their openness to spread your gospel, Lord, for the kids' openness, Lord, to go with mom and dad. God, we just, we thank you for the call that you've placed in their hearts. We thank you that they've answered that call, Lord, that they are going to go for you, Lord God. I pray, Father, uh, that you continue to raise the support that they need, Father, that they will be fully 100% funded uh, to be able to go by the beginning of the year, Lord. And that as they're there, Lord, I just pray that you move in power in that coffee shop, Lord God, in that business, Lord God, uh, that your gospel will be spread through that. Open those doors, Lord God. Make those connections happen, Lord God, that each person that they share with, Lord, that your spirit will move in the hearts of those Estonians, Lord God, uh, that they will be drawn closer to you, Lord, and that we'll be able to see uh, that, that low number of believers, Lord, begin to rise, Lord, as your kingdom expands through their ministry and through their work, Lord God. We praise you, Father. We look forward to all that you will do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 